Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want you to go to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, chapter number six. We've been looking at these compound names of the Lord uh, that God has um, given us through His Word and personal experiences with different folks in the Old Testament. And uh, man, I've surely enjoyed studying these, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And uh, I sure enjoy getting behind this mic and and um, hearing from all of you. I enjoy get I get messages. Brother Jeremy, I'm enjoying the podcast. Brother Jeremy, I appreciate that podcast. Brother Jeremy, thank you for that truth. That is an encouragement. I'd love to hear from you. Facebook Messenger, text message, uh, email, evangelistjsimpson at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, just let me know, hey, man, that's good. Or if you got to uh, send me a message and say, I'd like for you to do a podcast on this uh, study, uh, this passage, this. And I'd, I'd be glad if the Lord allows me to do that, uh, try to answer something. But I, I really enjoy the podcast. Today I want to look at the compound name Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And it means the Lord, our peace. The Lord, our peace. We find this name in an unexpected place, which is the book of Judges. Parts of Judges is, uh, the man, the book of Judges, sometimes it's, it's hard to read, sad to read. Uh, there's some tragedy in the book of Judges. Here is a nation by the, by the name of Israel in the book of Judges that is crying out for a revival. Um, and God gives them a revival, and then they have a, a reversal. And then God gives them a revival, and they have a reversal. And then they have revival, and they have a reversal. They're going through this cycle of revival and reversal, revival and reversal, revival and reversal. And, 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 and there's some barbaric things going on in the book of Judges. And there, but there's also some encouraging pages. And one of my favorite stories in uh, the Bible and in the book of Judges is the story of Gideon. Because in the, in, in the time of Israel's history here, Joshua has died. The monarchy of the kings has not yet been established. There's no king. The Bible teaches us that the times of the judges were chaos. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And whenever the people sunk down in despair, they would call on God, and God would raise up a regional military leader, and, and they were known as judges. And in Judges chapter 6, the people of Israel are, are, are in a time of turmoil where they are being terrorized by these nomads uh, who were the Midianites. And they were warring people. They were, they, were, they were terrible folk coming against Israel. And Israel's trembling in fear. The Midianites, they'd come in, they would, they would pillage and kill and raid and rape. I mean, they just have a time. Uh, in the nation of Israel. And the whole nation of Israel really is just a bunch of little tribes that's got no national unity, constantly living on edge, wondering what's going to come uh, to us because of all this, uh, the Midianites and what they're doing to them. And God raised up a young Hebrew boy by the name of Gideon who was hiding behind a wine press 
threshing grain, trying to provide for his family. And listen to what the Bible said, Judges 6, 12. The Lord appeared to him with these remarkable words. Listen to what he said. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon turned around and said, Do what? <laughs> you talking to me? And God said, Yeah, I mean you. That's not exactly how it says it, but it's exactly what's going on because Gideon, he didn't know it, and his daddy didn't know it, and Israel didn't know it, but God knew what was in that boy. And God raised up this man who went from a zero to a hero, the most unlikely to succeed because he was poor. His daddy was poor. All of his uncles were poor. If you know what poor is, hey, some people are so poor they spell it with, with five O's. And, and, you know, I know what it's like to go without, and, and I know what it's like to not have the best. I know what it's like uh, – I wasn't raised as poor as some, but we didn't have everything that we wanted uh, when we were kids. And uh, we didn't know we was poor because everybody else was poor too. And uh, some people aren't poor until the government tells them they're poor. Somebody say amen right there. I'll promise you this. If you're not poor, once the government gets done with you, you will be poor. Say amen again. Uh, I remember Billy Kelly. He He was a hoot. Brother Kelly said this. He said when he was a boy, uh, boy, they were so poor that they went down to Kentucky Fried Chicken and licked everybody else's fingers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Brother Kelly, one of a kind. But Gideon was poor. And Gideon didn't have a lot of education. He didn't have uh, a lot of talent. He didn't have a lot of ability. But God was on his side. And God raised up this man, Gideon, to do a mighty work just a wheat thresher, just hiding behind a wet wine press. And, and he didn't look like a mighty man of valor, and he wasn't acting like a mighty man of valor, but God saw in Gideon what Gideon could not see himself. God was going to take this poor, hiding farmer and make him the captain, the general of an army. Now, God saw who Gideon could become under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord always knows who we can become under his authority. When others see a shepherd boy, God can see a king. And look what happened. When Gideon realized God was speaking to him, he is terrified. Verse 22, when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto them. Fear not, thou shalt not die. You see that? And the Bible says that Gideon built an altar unto the Lord, in verse 24, and called it Jehovah Shalom. Now Gideon's afraid. He said, I've seen an angel of the Lord. I'm going to die. And God said, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. And when he said that, Gideon built an altar, worshiped God, and called it, The Lord is our peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. And he is our peace. It's no wonder that uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse number 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and, and sub uh, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now let's talk about this peace. Because we have peace with God, we have peace of God. And we have peace from God. 
peace with God, peace of God, peace from God. He is our peace. I'll tell you something about Jesus that's awesome. One of the most amazing things, I don't want you to miss this. I mean, we ought to love Jesus, right? But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell, tell you something here to make you love him more. One of the most amazing and wonderful things, one of the sweetest things in the Bible about the Lord is, if, is when you realize that just hours, and I'm telling you, man, I, I feel like I'm about to cry right now. Just hours before the Lord was going to be crucified, you know what he was concerned about? He was concerned about the peace of the disciples. John 14 says this in verse 27. He's just about to go to Calvary. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You ever get fearful? You ever get like Gideon? When everything's going crazy around you and chaos is around you and, and, and he's got these Midianites coming against him and, and, and it looks like his life is going to be destroyed. It looks like things are just going to be, uh, you know, terrible for him. And then God showed up and said, peace. And Gideon built an altar. Well, I got great news. We can have peace today. And Jesus, think about this. He's about to be tortured to death one of the most horrific means of torture ever devised, his burden in that moment was not about himself. His burden in that moment was to solidify the hearts of his followers with the peace of God. What would we do if we knew we were not only going to be killed tomorrow, but we were going to be tortured for who knows how long? I'd say that we would be desperate to be finding our own peace. We would probably be, uh, probably not be pouring out our concern on others. We'd be, I know me, and I, I think you know you. We, we are self-centered people. We'd be out for ourselves. Oh, I need, I need some peace. Not God, not Jesus. The night before his crucifixion, his burden was for his followers. This is what he's aiming at just before he suffers. I want you to have peace. And I want you to have the kind of peace that I give, not that the world gives. That's what he said. In the last hours of, of his life, Jesus is helping his disciples to become fearless and peaceful. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he's not talking about the peace of good circumstances. He's talking about the peace in the midst of bad circumstances. And he knows that the only kind of heart peace that the world can give is peace of mind based on good circumstances. You know, if the world can take away our troubles, I mean, they try through health insurance, through retirement accounts, through flood protection, through bomb shelters, through labor-saving devices. The world tries to give us some peace of mind. You watch the TV and the commercials. It's all about trying to give somebody peace of mind. And you know what Jesus said? I'm not trying to give you what the world can give you. They're trying to give you peace based on good circumstances. But he said, I'm going to give you peace that will get you through bad circumstances. Watch what he says, John 16, 33. These things have I spoken to you that in me ye might have peace. 
in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's his peace, not our peace. That's what he said. My peace, my peace give I unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. The world can't give you peace that will last you through the bad circumstances. It's his peace. It's not our peace. Think on this. In other words, our peace, humanity's peace, is only peace when it makes sense. But God's peace, the Lord's peace, is there even when it don't make sense. That's why Paul called it the peace that passes understanding. Human understanding cannot produce it. Human understanding cannot grasp it. And the ultimate reason is that it is not human peace. It's godly peace. It is the peace. He said, I'm giving you my peace. What peace is that? The peace he has between him and his father. The world can't give you this peace. I'm giving you my peace. I'm not creating a peace. Get a hold of this. I'm not creating a peace. I am sharing with you my peace. I am bringing you into my peace. Jesus knew hours before his crucifixion, he knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to end the war between God and man. And he knew he was going to rise again on the third day. And he said, boys, I'm going to share the peace that I have with my father. I am ending the war. I am not creating a peace. I am giving you my peace. Jesus can bring you into the very peace that he enjoys with the father. Your peace? How do you have peace, Jesus? You're about to be killed. You're about to be slaughtered. You're about to be tortured. You're about to be scourged. And you say you've got peace that you're going to share with me? Yes, I have peace. Perfect peace. Peace with my Father. Tomorrow I'm going to the cross. And that's where I'm going to open the door for my sheep to enter my peace with my Father. I'm going to satisfy the justice of my father. I'm going to purchase your forgiveness from my father. I'm going to provide your righteousness before my father. And I'm going to bring you into the very peace that I have enjoyed for eternity with my father. And nothing and nobody will able to be will be able to take it away from you. That's our Savior. In his darkest hour, he was only concerned about sharing the eternal peace with sinners. Bless his holy name. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. Praise God. Because no matter what happens in this world, bad circumstances or good circumstances, it does not change our peace with God. And no matter what goes on in this world, when you know that you are saved, and you know that God is your Father, and you know that Jesus is your Bridegroom, and you know the Holy Ghost is your Comforter, and you know that heaven is your home, you can lay your head on your pillow at night and sing, Peace, peace, 
wonderful peace. Now I want you to go out today and I want you to be salt and light. This world is in turmoil. This world is um, has no peace, that's for sure. But we could go out and be salt today. We can go out and be light today. We can go out and purify and illuminate. If you're listening to this in the evening, you can go out tomorrow and be a testimony. And let's go share the peace of God. Don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast. God bless you.